Hi, and welcome to Focus on Fantasy Romance, where we discuss books, genre, industry, and our geeky lives. I'm going to be your host today, Paulina Woods. I'm here with Eli Klaus and A.R. Clark. Hey, I got it, okay? <laughs> I, <laughs> um, we're going to be doing our interview on... on um, this is why I told you I shouldn't do it. So You're doing fine. Forgive me as I um, stumble through this. <clears throat> and I call her the wrong name. Um, has been writing fantasy and science fiction romance for years and an avid participant in the monthly writing contest in November. Her first novel, Stealing the Wolf Prince, is a 2016 Ron Award finalist. Ely is happily married to a martial arts instructor. She's also the mother of two small boys and is constantly talking her husband out of adopting a new pet. She knits and stamps in her spare time, as well as feed feeds a latte addiction. Okay, <laughs> first questions are going to be um, asked by Amy. <clears throat> Okay. Um, hi, Elle. Hi. So I suppose the first question I will ask um, is how long have you known you wanted to be a writer and um, who inspired you most to become a published author? I got, I got the writing bug in, I want to say, fifth or sixth grade. It was actually a writing assignment that I got from my teacher. We had to write a short story for something, and I ended up writing this kind of novel. I don't have it anymore. It was really, it was really cheesy. It was something about jungles and it was really bad. Uh, but that's kind of where I knew I wanted to write. And, um, I, you know, I fall started a bunch of stuff all the way through high school and, um, never really finished anything, which I think is a common trend among new authors where they just, they, they depend on, uh, inspiration to get things done um, but some of my some of my inspiration um, I really really love stories by Tamara Pierce she does these young adult fantasy uh, stories first one is um, that I love is uh, Alana the first adventure and it's a story about this um, young woman who trades places with her brother so that she can go to night school and her brother wants to go to uh, the university where wizards and women are trained um, to be ladies so she becomes a squire and then uh, works her way up to become a knight and the whole series is uh, focuses on Alana's uh, story and it's not romance per se uh, the romance is an element but it's not driving force but that was really what got me reading and that's where i knew i wanted to write fantasy romance or at least fantasy because i was in denial about being a romance writer for the longest time um but she was my biggest inspiration all through high school okay so um along the same lines of that topic um everybody has their favorite um storylines tropes that they like. Um, what is the, um, I suppose, the, your favorite storyline or your favorite trope that you haven't written yet, but that you would like to write in the future? 
See, this is a tricky one because I don't really have, I don't really have favorite tropes. I can tell you what I, I don't like, and I don't like, I don't like the the overbearing alpha male, and I don't like the the strong female that suddenly becomes docile as soon as she's in a relationship. Um, but I don't have a favorite trope. Like, um, you know, some people seriously love the friends, uh, friends to lovers, or we've mentioned a couple times the May December romances. I don't really have a preference. As long as the story is strong, makes sense, and drives forward, I don't, I don't care about tropes so much. Is there uh, a story that's been sitting around maybe in your head or in a notebook that um, you've wanted to publish but um, maybe you haven't finished it or or where it is is there is there something that you're holding back um, until the time is right or do you pretty much publish as it goes um, well how do you as my bio says, I'm an avid participant in the NaNoWriMo, which is the National Novel Writing Month, and it's a competition to write a novel in the month of November, so 50,000 words um, in that month. And I've won the competition, one meaning I reached 50,000 words in a novel like six, seven times. So I have a lot of work backlogged that I want to, I want to clean that up and get it published before I write too much more. However, there is a lot of side stories to existing novels that I want to also write and finish. So it's, I have a, a massive binder of ideas. So whenever I have an idea, I write it down. And I kind of flesh out the themes I want to explore or the characters. And, and a lot of times it starts with just a scene. I have a scene in my head that I want to play out. Um, so I write that down and I save it for later. And that's actually a, a good process for me because I find that I can later combine ideas uh, so that I don't have a, a story with one or two strong ideas. I have a whole novel of strong ideas. Um, and it also keeps me from writing 50 million stories when I can write three. If that makes sense. So I have a massive, I have a massive to-do list of things that I want to write and um, things I need to clean up and get done. Uh, I have, you know how they joke that you've got a to-be-read to list longer than you can finish in your lifetime. I have a to-be-written list longer than what I can write in my lifetime. So, um, I, I think you're not the only person, maybe even on this podcast, who has one of those. But, um, yeah, I think we all might have one of those to-be-written lists. But um, let's talk about themes. Or, or um, is there a, a theme or a running um, underlying message that um, you want to get across to your readers when you are writing your books? Is there something that you want them to take? Or is each story basically um, encapsulated its own um, you know, little universe where um, the theme might be different, or or is there something an element of all similar? Um, one thing I really strive for is um, a strong female lead that's not obnoxious. Like she doesn't get her strength from just being loud. Um, like she's got more. Um, 
mental fortitude. She's clever, witty. Um, a lot of them are really sarcastic, which if you know me, I'm really sarcastic. So I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to have a strong female lead um, because as, as a young girl, that's what I was drawn to and that's what I needed growing up because we get a lot of negativity as females um, based on other people's preconceptions the way that we are supposed to be. So I really want a strong female lead and I want uh, a male that listens and comprehends what the female says, like what the woman says. It's not like, oh, well, I hear you, but I know better and we're going to do it this way. I really, again, I don't like the, the, the asshole alpha. Um, and I'm doing, I'm actually doing a ton of research into craft and whatnot. And um, there's going to be different themes that I want to explore. At one point I was thinking about doing uh, kind of the tragic love story of one of my villains and not really sure if I want to publish it, but I at least want to flesh it out and, and it would explain why he is the way that he is and what happened that made him almost redeemable and then something happened and he's not. So, well, what? <laughs> you know, I love villains. So, yeah, if you want to publish that, that would be great because I love villains and I love villain backstories so yeah I, I was so happy when minions came out and when um you know because despicable me was like the villain with a secret heart of gold and that's secret kind of story to read so I wouldn't be adverse to reading a villain backstory every now and then um okay well that wraps up my question so I will pass it over to Paulina and see if she has any others and I'll try, um, in case it comes back to me next so Paulina what do you want to ask Elle well first I'm gonna say something about the minion story I think my favorite um, not minion but favorite villain was um, it was a dr. Seuss book I think it's the Lorax when like at the end he was like um, He's like, oh, I know I'm supposed to turn good. And this is a part where I see the error of my ways. But and then he starts singing, let it die, let it die. Let, like he didn't change. I think that was the most, like I watch it just that part just to see him. It, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I love you. The villain's a villain and he's cute and they kicked him. But um, <laughs> back to your story. All right. Here. Let me see. Can we see it? No, not really. Uh, I can't get a cover. You have a. I have a. Oh wait, hold on. No, I have it in my hands. Put yours down. I have it. Look, I forgot I had it behind me for this purpose. Love your cover. What inspired this? A beautiful, amazing cover. And here's the back. Well, I wanted I wanted the main characters on the cover, so that is Kira and Lachlan. Um, and I wanted I the the whole novel takes place in the fall, and I make mention of the autumn colors a lot. So I wanted autumn autumn color, and in the back I have a castle because she's basically trying to steal a crown. So I'm like, what what represents a kingdom or a nation. I'm like, oh, we need a castle. So I'm like, I really love autumn colors and I'm really excited we're going into autumn right now. Uh, so I was very glad I was able to find images that worked. It's very hard to find fantasy romance images. Yeah, that, that I can understand. 
staying on the same topic of beautiful cover, I've seen your trailer. And for the life of me, I can't do one that's that amazing. What brought about the idea for your trailer? Well, I... I had a, well, first of all, I had a friend do it. She works for Socially Stunning, which I will put a link in the show notes. Um, and she's got a master's in emerging media, and I'm saying it wrong. But she did the, the trailer for me, and I, I wrote this little poem for the trailer specifically, something that I wanted to sound like an old folk song. And I'm like, well, book trailers always seem to miss the mark for me because they were too long or they're just pictures, like panning across the screen, and they don't bother to find a narrator. So I went on Fiverr and I found an Irishman to, to narrate mine, and I found a video that worked. It was kind of vague, but worked, and then... And I think that it, I think it's great for as far as the teaser, and it gives you a taste of what is in the book as far as the the lore and the, the fantasy, and that there's a love story. Okay. Well, I'm gonna get a little bit more personal because I like that part. Um, your book is very clean. I think it's one of the cleanest books I've read I've read in a long time. Um, like, I can remember I was reading, I was like, this is good. So, anything going to happen? Okay, it's, I mean, it's really amazing. It keeps you turning from left to right. But I think, in my head, clean has a different meaning, which happens. Um, what made you write more clean romance than to say, you know, what is kind of like the norm, I guess, out there in the world right now? Well, there's actually a whole subgenre of romance called clean romance. It's not necessarily a religious in nature, but they don't have anything more steamy than like holding hands and there's no cussing. Uh, so my heat level is, is still considered sweet by some definition, but definitely everything happens off the page. I think they kiss and that's it. It was just the heat level I wanted to keep um, since my family knows what I do. I needed to keep it something that they could speak to their church friends about and not feel embarrassed. I, I really, a lot can be left up to the imagination and that's fine. Um, sometimes as far as description, less is more. And so at the end of the book, they do express their feelings for one another and the reader can take it to whatever level that they want. That's kind of the beauty of writing a story is you can you can do whatever you want. I've read entire books where I've decided I did not like the um, main character, like her name, so I changed it. Like as you was reading it, you changed it? Yeah. What? Like I don't like that name, so I read the whole book with her name something else. Or the author said that she's a blonde, and I'm like, no, that doesn't work for me. So mentally she's... The redhead or you know so I mean writing a book you're kind of just providing a guideline for the story and the reader can fill in any details left unsaid they can change things um, I've read books where I didn't like the ending so I'm like well scratch that they have a happily ever after because that's what I need 
Oh, that, that's the first time I've actually heard someone say that one. Uh, you were talking about crocheting and or knitting, and um, I know that you play video games. So what are, what are some of your favorite um, either video games or things to make, like when you just need to relax, you don't want to write, you don't want to read? Um, well, as far as my, my yarn craft, I knit and crochet, so I always have... Um, like I have four projects kind of on the hook is the phrase so they're in bags at various states of not being done like I'm making a sweater for my husband that's been working on that for like four years and I've got a sweater that I'm making for myself that's also about a year old um, but when push comes to shove and I need I just want to work on something I always do hats because they're fairly brainless like I can sit there and watch TV and knit or crochet a hat and it takes me a couple of hours and I have a finished project that makes me feel like I've accomplished something and I do I've actually done some knitting and crocheting like hats for uh, hat drives at work <clears throat> where they provide hats to inner city kids or homeless shelters or churches or uh, food uh, not food drives clothing drives and stuff like that uh, so I've always got something yarn related going on uh, as far as video games um i play a lot of simulator games and um, i'm playing like i've got sims 4 right now excuse me which i haven't I actually haven't turned that on in a while so i probably got like you know a million and a half updates that i need to take care of um, and i was really playing uh something called skydy valley and it's a farm simulator but there is the, the option to follow some uh, romantic leads and I was playing that instead of writing for a very long time <laughs> um, and like growing up I played a lot of RPGs which is role-playing games and the first gaming system that we had that was worth its salt was the Super Nintendo and we had Final Fantasy which I think I've mentioned before I played I played all of them except for I think 10 and up and we also played other role-playing games, like I remember Secret of Mana. I'm pretty sure I played through that so much that I didn't need the player's guide. Like, I, I could put it up for, I could not play it for months and then pick it up and know exactly where I was. That's how bad I played that. Chrono Trigger was a really good one. That was a time travel, travel one with magic. That was really awesome. And I wish they had done, I think they made a sequel, but it really was awful so I think they should have done a better job with that but um, other than that puzzle games uh, Facebook is notorious for sucking you into whatever puzzle games like I play uh, Candy Crush and there's some farm one that's basically the same principle you match uh, combinations of things um, and that's pretty good for brainless gaming and it sucks your time <laughs> And on that note, do you play, do you think playing those games growing up actually um, pushed you in the direction of writing fantasy or liking, you know, that, that genre more? Maybe. There's some, there was a, there's a dragon one, I can't remember. It's not Dragon Warrior or something that there were several installations and that was purely, uh, 
fantasy. And I know I played that one. I, I remember you have to kill a lot of slimes in that one. Um, but I haven't seen a new installation for that one out. Final Fantasy originally started as medieval fantasy-like, uh, but then they started getting airships, and there's a lot more tech involved, so I kind of tumbled into steampunk, and I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of other punks in there. And uh, the Final Fantasy series is actually in the inspiration for my, um, my Chaos Factor series, which is the Unrequited and Besotted series. So it definitely has had an effect on my writing, and I totally lost my train of thought. But yeah, like I played a lot of video games growing up. <laughs> I think that it, I think that it helped uh, with the storytelling because the one of the attractions to RPGs is that they have a great story. It's not like a first person where you're just shooting and blowing things up. I mean, you have to use your brain. You have to remember, oh, this character has this backstory and this. This happened to this character, and there's the puzzle puzzles within the game, and mini games within the games, and yeah, I mean, it's not they're not for the faint of heart. Okay, one more question, um, which might have a bunch of follow up questions. What do you find is your uh, most effective marketing um, route that you take? I'm awful with marketing. I actually started this podcast in an attempt to improve my marketing, and then I realized, wait, I've got anxiety disorder. Why the hell did I sign up for this? Um, I think Facebook is, is my social media of choice. Um, I've been on Facebook as soon as it became available to the public. Um, some people may not know that it was limited to only college students. So I remember seeing my older brother posting on Facebook, and I couldn't log in. I'm like, well, what the hell? So as soon as that was available to the public, I signed in, and I don't know. I seem to understand Facebook better than a lot than the other social media. Like I do not get Instagram, I do not get Twitter, although I have a Twitter account. I like sharing pictures about how I envision my world. I like sharing pictures that say, "Hey, this could be my character." Uh, I like asking questions um, because social media isn't about advertising it's about connecting with your audience it's about uh, meeting meeting your readers on the same level so I've had people comment that they like all the pictures I share because it gives them an insight to to the Wilderlands which is where my first book takes place so as far as effectiveness I don't know I've heard a lot of people say that marketing is just kind of something that you do and it's hard to measure effectiveness because you could do an event, you know, three months ago, and then you see the effect of the event. It's it's all cumulative, so you can't not market, but you need to you need to do something that's comfortable for you. Because if you're if you really push yourself out there and go out of your comfort zone, it's kind of obvious, and you turn people off. All right, Amy, you have any questions? I do have another question, actually. Um, so this, this occurred to me while we were talking. Um, so writing um, process, and I don't think we really asked you much about your writing process, but do you, um, first of all, do you outline is a question, or are you a pantser? 
Um, and second of all, do you listen to music or have the television on or are there things that, you know, you need to write in a cold, dark space with, you know, no heat and only a candle to light your computer screen? Like, are there certain aspects of um, the room, the, you know, the setting that you feel most comfortable writing in? How, how do you, what's your process when you're sitting down to, to write for the day? Well, my process evolved from um, from falsely starting a bunch of stories to through the, the NaNoWriMo finishing and pushing through. So uh, when I first, like uh, Stealing the Wolf Prince was completely pantsed. I kind of had an idea, like I had, I had the key scene in my head. I knew that was what I wanted to do, um, have that in there. And then I had to ask myself, why, 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 why did this happen? How did this happen? How did we get here? Um, and then like you notice towards the end, some things kind of get uh, surprising. That's because I pants the whole thing. And it was a nice way to discover uh, the story because as I'm writing it, I'm discovering it's not just the reader that's along for the ride, it's me. Um, but as I evolve, I'm also learning a little more about outlining and how it can save my fanny in the process. Like a lot less editing, a lot less going back and saying, hey, what did I say his eye color was? Or uh, what was his last name? So I think my process is always going to be evolving. Uh, it's never going to, I don't think I'm ever going to reach a point where I'm like, well, this is the perfect system. And it's going to be different for everybody too. So if anybody is listening and wants to write their own, uh, it's going to be different. I mean, you can try to emulate your favorite author's um, process, but, you know, it may not work for you. And before I had kids, I could, like with NaNoWriMo, I could get home from work and write until my word count was done and go to bed or make it up on a Saturday. And that's not the case anymore. I've got two small children. They're seven and three. So I have to make use of nap times and I have to use my lunch hour at work. So I bring my laptop to work and I find a conference room for my one hour lunch and I sit in there and I write or edit or whatever it is I need to do for the day. Um, that's very helpful because I don't have internet. I don't have a hotspot on my laptop. So there's no distractions as long as I put my phone down. And um, as long as I've got music, I do listen to music and I've got no distraction in my view. So like my desk, this is my writing desk I'm sitting at right now and it's in a corner. So I can't see what's going on behind me or to the side. And that's perfect because if I see things going on, I get distracted. And that's also why I find a conference room at work. So that there, I can't see people walking down the hall. I can't, I'm not going to get somebody that's going to stop and say, hey, what are you doing? Because I'm in a conference room with the door shut. Um, and that's my process now, and that could change when my kids get older, or if I have to change jobs, or if we move buildings, because there's a lot of moving and shaking at the day job right now. Um, but yeah, I definitely have to have music. I can't have, I can't have talking. If I hear talking, I start writing down what I'm hearing, and not what I want to write. So I can't do TV, I can't do movies. Um, I haven't known to watch X-Files, though, and do my marketing. That's totally different. Okay, another question occurred to me just now too. Um, I love how that happens. So, if you you could 
write a novel, write a novel with any author of your choosing um, now, who, who would you most like to write or co-write a novel with and why? Well, don't hate me, but I'm a control freak, so I don't think I'd very do very well with uh, co-writing. But I do really like the works of Cressley Cole. I really like her Mortals After Dark series. Uh, and actually, reading her novels kind of helped me with how to handle um, point of view for having two different main characters, which you do in a romance, you have the, the hero and heroine. Uh, so I totally wouldn't mind working with her or workshopping with her. Um, she's kind of like an automatic one-click for me. Most of her paranormal stuff, I, I haven't read any of her contemporary, but, um, but I, I'm too much of a control freak. <laughs> you know, like it's my creative process and this is me and this is... I put a lot of myself in my work, so I don't know if I'd, if I'd play well with others in that regard. Sorry. I have to agree. I have never co-written anything with anyone, but I find that even writing in someone else's universe um, can be a struggle because change things or add things, or um, if I want to play with the timeline a little bit, it's not an option. So I feel you a little bit with the, the having a little bit too much control over your own story to let anybody else in your sandbox. Um, yeah, so probably in the world. Yeah. Like Kindle world in the world. Like I would not, I, I would have a hard time letting go. I'd be like, people are like writing things about the world that I've created. I'm like, no, that no, no, <laughs> I just, yeah, no, well, we won't mess with that. Yes. Uh, Takamo universe. Um, which is an MMO. Um, I literally have like timelines of incidents and other people and other people's works that I have to refer back to to see did you say this person, did you ever mention this person? Or, you know, I have to jive my process with their process, which sometimes is hard for me. Um, and I find it a bit more difficult than just sitting down at the computer universe um, and my own timeline my own galaxy my own whatever the process may be um, but um, Paulina did you have any follow-up questions for L before we uh, wrap um no I'm good I actually asked all my questions I can't I mean I can ask some like you know Boxes of briefs, questions, but I don't know how that'll go over very well. Wine or beer, but we know you like beer. <laughs> you don't no, like, I don't like beer. But you're always drinking beer. That's because that's what we have. Oh. <laughs> wine? It has to be sweet. Yeah, I like wine. It has to be sweet. So I like sweet wines. And there's certain beers that are, like, there's a blueberry beer I like. There's a pumpkin spice that I should start looking for um, that comes out this time of year. But, yeah, it has to be sweet. I can't. I don't like anything hoppy, and I don't like anything malty. So yeah, beer is not my beverage of choice. Okay, how about if there was no money, no money limit, and your kids were going to be at a babysitter watched with a responsible adult, and your husband and you can go on the most romantic, romantic two-week vacation you could think of, where would you want to go? And I don't work. 
I know where my husband would go, but if it's up to me, we would go tour England, Ireland, and Scotland. I want to see, I want to see castles. I want to learn about the history. And my husband would not complain about a pub crawl because he is the beer drinker. Um, yeah, definitely go to Ireland. Plus, they speak English, so I wouldn't have to worry about translations. <laughs> well, if you get too far north, you might have difficulty. <laughs> well, that sounds actually pretty cool. Two weeks over in the off the states, nice wine, real beer, you know, the normal stuff. All right, Amy, any questions? Guess not. And um, no, there, no questions. Okay. <laughs> and is there anything you want to tell your listeners before we close out? Well, I do have a new release. If you like steampunk, uh, check out my beside um, novella that just released uh, last the end of last month. Uh, if you don't know what steampunk is, uh, check out uh, Unrequited. That is free on Amazon and all platforms. Uh, you can find me at lklaus.com, E-L-L-E-C-L-O-U-S-E.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, and I've got a blog. I think that's pretty much all my social media. It's like I said, I'm, I'm bad at marketing. But, yeah, drop me a line, leave a comment on any of my social media. You're not bad at marketing. We just, we're still new. We'll get there. And then we'll be like God's marketing. Anyways, thanks or we'll for watching. Or we'll hire somebody. Huh? Or we'll hire somebody. <laughs> yeah, that way. But thanks for watching me bumble around today. I've been your host. If you like the show, like, comment, and share. And visit us at focusonfantasyromance.com. And good night. Good night. What magical places lay beyond Northam's stone walls? What lands are these where wolf kin howl in the dark of night? Once a man, now a beast. In the darkness the creature calls, mourning the lass whom he wronged and lost, but must make right. To the wilder lands we go, to mythos and magic, to the forbidden unknown. May the gods be merciful on those who venture within these wilder lands. Read Stealing the Wolf Prince by L. Klaus. Available at these fine retailers.